Next on BYU Sports Nation, hanging on to NCAA tournament dreams. What if BYU basketball wins the next six? Would that put the Cougars in? What? Does Blaine Fowler think the Cougars snapped the four-game losing streak in Malibu Thursday night? Please. Plus, Samson is jealous of BYU football commit Talon Alfrey's hair. The recent signee joins us. And a Valentine's edition of Between the Lines. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're doing it live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome to Tuesday, February 13th, the edition of BYU Sports Nation, wherever and however you're dialed in. Always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with... San Antonio Spurs assistant to the regional coach, Jerem Jordan. I just want to help out Becky Hammond as much as possible. I really do. It's very kind of you. Except when they play the Jazz. And last night, the, our Utah Jazz got a win. Ten straight wins nice. for the rookie of the year, Donovan Mitchell, and the Utah Jazz. Winning is fun. It really is. Don't forget it. Greg Popovich was in prime form as well with the officials last night. Yeah, we went to the game, so that's why we're talking about it. We had a good time. We had a good time. And shout out to that one random lady in the parking lot that yells out of her minivan, BYU Sports Station! We're like, hey, there's our fan. I hope she's watching. I hope she sees us at some point. Yeah. Because we appreciated that. Thanks to you, lady. In the Triad Center parking lot. Appreciate you. Yes. Yes. Plenty of reason to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. To set up today's opening shot, BYU basketball analyst Mark Durant told us this on the show yesterday. Uh, I don't know that I come away very optimistic uh, from from that game. I'm thrilled about it, guys, and, and I wish I could say, well, this might be the turning point, but I came away feeling like, there's nobody in the conference that BYU is not going to have uh, trouble with. And they go to Pepperdine and San Diego this week. Those games frightened me because of what I saw on Saturday. Jerem, did BYU basketball's overtime win at home over San Francisco make you more worried or optimistic about the next two games, both on the road? Neither. I've been concerned about these two for a while. BYU's lost four in a row at Pepperdine. There's always cause for concern. However, the waves stink even more than normal. But BYU lost to LMU. Mark Durant is not wrong. In fact, he's right in that there's not a team in this league that BYU can't lose to. I, I do believe that BYU can beat Gonzaga. I don't right now believe that BYU can beat St. Mary's. So there's eight of the nine opponents that BYU can beat, and BYU can lose to all of them. So I, the other games have not affected the outlook for me. In fact, maybe they've even, uh, I think BYU's on high alert, like, oh, we lost LMU, and we played a close one with USF. I think is going to be okay. I wouldn't be shocked if BYU split this weekend, though. That's a tough road swing. Given how BYU plays in the Firestone Fieldhouse at Malibu, in Malibu, and then San Diego's a quality team, man. The Cougars are three and three against the Toreros on the road in since the joining the West Coast Conference in the Slim Gym, and we all know the four straight losses at Firestone Fieldhouse. That said, I'm going to go back to what I said yesterday, and that is when you win a game like BYU did on Saturday, something happens to a team. Typically, the belief, the trust in each other is ramped up just a little bit more. So I would say I'm a hair more optimistic 
after the game against San Francisco. And people say, well, you're comparing the situation to something that happened 12 years ago against TCU. How about this season? BYU played an abysmal 38 minutes of basketball against UMass. They turned it on the last few minutes, won the game. They were down 10 with four minutes to play. TJ Haas, I think, scored one point or maybe two points in that game. BYU found a way to win. And then what happened after they beat UMass? They went on a really nice run through non-conference to finish 11-2 and in non-con. They so, didn't have a top 15, top 10 Gonzaga in the mix. There. Still, the belief was kind of put into them it, that, yeah, hey, yeah, we can rally. do this. Sure. We can rally. Yeah. So I think that BYU, because of what happened in San Francisco, I'm not worried. I have more confidence that they feel like they can win in really adverse circumstances. So I, I'm more optimistic. Let's hope they do. Okay, what if BYU wins the next six games and gets to the West Coast Conference Tournament? What? The Gonzaga Invitational title game. What if? Then BYU is right back in the thick of the NCAA tournament at-large discussion. Do you really feel that way? Yes. I do not. It's probably not going to happen because that would require two wins against teams currently ranked in the top 15, whether it's Gonzaga twice or Gonzaga and St. Mary's. We're talking about two top 15 wins in the rankings. So that alone, if you win the rest – People are watching. People are paying attention, including the committee. They're the only ones that matter in this. They would say, "Uh, oh, man, BYU just knocked off Gonzaga and St. Mary's or Gonzaga twice in the last three weeks. They may have earned their way into a first four spot. Okay, Those wins will carry some serious credibility. Probably not going to happen, but what if? What if? I think they'd be right back in the at-large discussion. Yeah, I don't believe the BYU will win two of those. I don't think BYU and Gonzaga is impossible at home. I think it nearly is in Vegas. Yeah, that's not but, the question, but, though. It's just what if. BYU ain't getting an at-large even if they win those two games. Whoa! I, I, it's, not, it's not happening. That would be eight wins in a row yeah, and you'd two have, top 15 you'd wins. You'd have max two quad one wins. There's so many other at-large teams that would have at least that plus more. BYU has a quad four loss at LMU, which is a terrible loss. Have you seen the that loss is keeping BYU out. The bubble is a mess. The I know, bubble is a BYU mess. BYU ain't getting in, dude, as an at-large. They're going to have to win the Gonzaga. Even if they win, if you include six in a row, that would be eight in a row overall and two wins against top 15 teams. That's really nice. Those are your, I, You've isolated eight games. I'm going to look at 31 to 34 games, and BYU won't have a resume. And guess what? In. Guess what? If BYU did that, Jerem, they would have 26 wins. They would have 26 wins. That's great. There are all kinds of metrics used now. Quad one, two, We've three, four wins, KPI, Ken Palm, BPI. If BYU wins We were too games. simple. It was way too simple. Oh, man. BYU is going to have to win the tourney. They put themselves in a bad spot already. It's not likely to happen that they win eight in a row and get those two top 15 wins. But because it's not likely, if they did it, it's improbable and it's impressive. So why... Why write them off if they're at 26 wins going into a tournament championship game? Just mark my word. It ain't happening. They ain't getting in at, in at large. It's not happening. And they're not winning those, both those games. One would be incredible. As currently constituted, our friends at NYC Buckets have BYU projected as a four seed in their latest NIT bracket. That got us thinking, will BYU finish this season better, worse, or the same as last year's three-seed NIT team? I'm thinking similar, 
Very similar. So I wouldn't be shocked if BYU is a three seed in the NIT. I wouldn't. Because BYU has uh, some nice quad two victories. They're 3-0 in that. RPI is like 70-ish. That's, that just screams like three seed NIT. If BYU is two seed, one seed in the NIT, whatever. It doesn't make a big difference. In fact, beyond last year, I can't name the seed BYU was in any other NIT. It just doesn't matter. It's that you didn't make the tourney, and then if you do go to the NIT... Can you make a run that makes it memorable in some way? Can you get to Madison Square Garden and make, make it fun? Go see Hamilton, play in MSG, and enjoy yourself. Everything comes down to what BYU does against Gonzaga in the regular season finale, and then what happens if BYU can get past their quarterfinal at the WCC tournament. You're right. We're, we can't assume that that's just a win. You're right. And then they, whatever happens on that Monday night in the semifinal, right? If BYU, let's say, loses a close game to Gonzaga at home in the regular season finale and bows out in the semifinals of the West Coast Conference Tournament, then yes, they're going to be right back at a three or four seed in the NIT with 24 wins, which is a solid number. Yeah, indeed. But but if they can get Gonzaga once, at least once. Once is awesome, dude. <laughs> you can't ask right? for more than right? once. Then we're talking probably a one or a two seed in the NIT. BYU didn't get that win in Spokane. The last three years, that's helped the resume, albeit into the NIT, right? Oh, it got BYU, BYU needs... into the NCAA tournament. Yes. Three years ago. Three years ago it did. BYU beat the number one team in the country, and it still didn't help him. It helped him get a three seed in the NIT. So th- this team needs a win against Gonzaga to, to just have a little more juice going into the postseason. Okay, last night, Steve Kerr allowed Andre Iguodala, David West, and Draymond Green to coach the team during timeouts in a Warriors route of the Now, wait, South. wait, wait. The number one team in the West, yes. the Golden State Warriors, yes. their coach did what? He let players coach during the game. <laughs> Which current BYU player would you trust to coach the team during a timeout right now? Elijah Bryant. Mm. Because he's the most even keel, and I feel like... Because well, of his skill set and his demeanor, I like his demeanor and his understanding of the offense and his ability to tell everybody where to go. How is he going to tell everybody where to go with a whiteboard in one hand and a uh, video camera in another? Like, how's that going to work? The vlog. How's he's going to be well, vlogging the whole experience? No, he's just going to have to hand the video camera off to his wife to continue the vlog. Okay, <laughs> she'll like be that, in the exactly. She's in the huddle. Bring her into the huddle. Okay. She can take care yeah. of the vlog situation. I think it's Elijah Bryant. Like I said, because of his demeanor and his understanding overall of the BYU offense, he's been around for a long time. I think the coaches trust him most of any player on the floor. I go Peyton Dastrup. He's got the fire. He's got the juice. He's got the hair. He's 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 got uh, he's six ten, so he's imposing that, that presence. Peyton Dastrup's my guy. He's the emotion. He's the emotion. He's Heath Schroyer. He's Elijah breaking Bryan. a clipboard. He's yelling. Yeah. Elijah Bryan is Dave dude. Rose. Peyton Dastrup is Heath Schroyer. <laughs> and the dynamic of yeah, calm, steady. Yeah. Compared to let's go. Yeah. And then he's dancing and flailing his arms. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Back to rankings, Jerem. BYU gymnastics. Jumped two spots to number 19 in the nation. The highest ranking at this point of the season in a decade for the team. Are the ladies, coached by Guard Young, the most underrated team on campus? You could certainly argue that. Um, I, I, I want to say that uh, men's track, despite falling a little bit, I think they're the best. Cross country and track, especially the men's side. They're the most underrated. They're the most underrated. I don't think people appreciate it. that w- they're, they're not a TV sport, if you will. Right, it's harder to cover that. 
Gymnastics gets on TV. They're starting to get a little more uh, run. Congratulations to them. I think people rate men's volleyball pretty appropriately. Maybe women's volleyball is still the, the most underrated program. I mean, on campus competing, they're not in right now. But there's, there's a bunch of these quote-unquote Olympic sports that do really, really well for BYU. That makes it fun for us. How many Sweet 16s have women volleyball gone to in a row? Five? Five. Six? Five? Five? five six. I'm losing track. Me too. It's like softball. It's like, how many NCAA tournaments? They just go to the tournament. It's crazy. Baseball went to the tournament for the first time since like 02, and we're like, what? Softball goes every year. Yeah, typically I would say BYU softball is the most underrated team, but they started the season ranked. Yeah. Okay. Gymnastics has a case, but I am right with you. I mean, the track and field team, because of the sport and its lack of coverage on TV, it's uh, just not talked right. about as much. And we talk about them. We love them. We, yeah, love, them. we love this show because we get to do that. They just set three school records individually in their last meet. Awesome. Uh, outstanding. It, it's BYU track and field. Men's volleyball is ranked seventh in the country, which sounds good. But being outside the top five is typically a bad sign for BYU volleyball. Is it too early to be concerned about the men's volleyball team this year? I don't know that it's too early to be concerned. I mean, I think concern is there. You talk to Sean Olmstead, he's going to say, yes, I'm concerned. Losing at home to UCSB is concerning. Absolutely. Losing to Loyola at home, concerning. And a lot of people don't know that there are what, about 45 or 50 NCAA men's volleyball Division One teams, right? Fewer than that, actually. So if you're ranked number seven and 50, yes, that's still good. But BYU's used to being in the top four. They're used to being in the conversation of at-large, uh, national championship contender. So, yeah, it's concerning that there's been a dip of sorts, but then you got to look at the big picture. They've been to the national championship three of the last five years. It's college. There's turnover. It's, there's going to be some fluctuating years. This just might happen to be one of those rebuilding years. BYU is not getting the at-large. That's going to go to the Big West. There's one at-large. So BYU is going to have to beat out UCLA. Can they do that? For Are the they conference capable? tournament championship. So uh, that's in April. It's two and a half They're months They're capable away. of doing that, but like you said, it's April. So, yeah. Two concern, and a half months away. It's all Concern, good. but let's not hit the panic button. Sure. Let's not hit the panic button. I do button. love hitting the panic button, though. It's kind of fun. Our question of the day. Back to BYU basketball. What if BYU wins their next six games at Grizzfather, tweets in, Here's a better question. What if BYU Hoops wins their next 10 oh, games? okay. Hashtag Elite Eight of, of the, the NIT. Of the NIT? Yeah, wait, wait. <laughs> Coming out, McKay Canada's trackster wife, Maddie, joined Lauren McLean in a pre-Valentine's Day edition of Between the Lines. Uncle B, his biceps and hair, back in Studio B. The there dual threat analyst, Blaine Fowler. See more confident in BYU sweeping a SoCal road trip or the Cougars beating Gonzaga in Provo. Or his muscles. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Basketball, Dave Rose airs tonight at 8 Eastern Time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The coach joins host Greg Rubel and guest Heath Royer tonight. Use the hashtag Rose Show to ask questions and sign up and reserve your seats on BYUcougars.com slash Rose Show. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation going right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN whenever you tweet. What if BYU Hoops wins their next six games? At USU Coog 11 tweets in, if that somehow happened, I think the confidence and momentum would be enough to win the seventh in the championship game. This team has shown there is always hope. Listen, uh, the great Jim Fredette scored 52 points against New Mexico, used all the gas in the tank, BYU lost the next game to San Diego State. Like, it's really hard. 
it's really hard to get that Monday win, let alone the Tuesday win. I don't even, right now, if BYU got to Tuesday, I would be ecstatic. Let alone win Tuesday. Like, just get to Tuesday and then play one game and see what happens. It's hard to win three tough, meaningful games in four days, especially when two of those teams could be on the top of the team. What BYU needs is upset city to happen in the quarters. That's what BYU needs. That would be fantastic. Down goes St. Mary's or down goes Gonzaga. And it just typically does not happen. No, it's not in this time. Gonzaga has yeah. never lost in the Let, quarterfinals. Ever. Never lost in the quarterfinals. <laughs> That's incredible. They've been to the, the championship game like 20 years in a row or whatever. Never lost in the quarterfinals. Wow. Joining us now, a national champion, dual threat analyst, Blaine Fowler, Uncle B, back in Studio B. Blaine, nice to have you back on the program. Good to be here, guys. BYU basketball has lost its last three road games. Here we are talking about what if they win six in a row? What if they do this, right? (laughs) Where the Blues go? They got to win the next one. They got to win the next one at Pepperdine, a place they've lost four times in a row. And then they got to go to San Diego. So what about the next two games on the road has you most concerned? Well, Pepperdine thinks that they can beat BYU at their place, although although they've struggled a little bit more this year. So this Pepperdine team's not as good. And from a matchup perspective, Pepperdine has beaten BYU there because their guards would turn the corner, penetrate, kick the basketball, and cause BYU all kinds of problems. BYU had trouble staying in front of them and containing them off the dribble in recent years. They still have some guys that can do that, but they're just not making shots the way they have in, in past couple years. So... So even though Pepperdine, from a mindset perspective, thinks that they can beat BYU at their place because they've done it, I'm not sure in a, in a rebuilding kind of a year for them uh, that, that they're going to have as much a chance as they've had in the past. So I, I'm more concerned with San Diego in a second game of a road swing uh, on Saturday afternoon and their ability to do the same thing, stay in front of the ball off the dribble and be able to stay out of foul trouble and to be able to, to win on the road. And and, and the thing that concerns me most is BYU's shown some susceptibility to losing to teams that they should win to on the road. I mean, that, that's my concern. Now, what gives me some confidence is, is that T.J. Haas is playing better right now. I think, I think Elijah Bryant took a little bit of a dip for two reasons. First of all, he got whacked in the head, and I do believe that affected him for the, the, obviously the rest of that game and the next. And then T.J. kind of emerged during that same time. Now Elijah comes back, and it's like, oh, wait a minute now. My role was I had to be the guy because I had, to, I had to carry the scoring load. Now TJ's carrying some of that scoring load. What should my role be right now? Um, his role needs to be just go back to doing exactly what you did and let TJ be complimentary and both of you go out and get 16-plus. And, and I think that they can get to that over this, this next week. The fact that TJ's playing well is a big, big deal for BYU because I, Elijah has it in him. We know that. And I, and I really believe that the dip he took was a result of, of not the injury but getting hit in the head and kind of not being himself for a couple of games. Um, with both of those guys firing all c- cylinders and Yoli with that inside presence so they can go inside out, both of those guys can attack off the dribble. BYU's capable of beating anybody in the league, including St. Mary's and Gonzaga, but they haven't had all three of those guys. In, in the games that they've lost. They just haven't had that. So it's a long shot that it all comes together, but is it possible? Yeah, I'm telling you, there's a chance. <laughs> Saturday, BYU came from behind down six with 22 seconds left, this wild finish to beat San Francisco in overtime. Spencer's compared that to maybe the UMass win where, hey, you, you, you rally after that. Do you think that game impacts BYU in a positive way? I think absolutely it does. And because... Guys, so Eli had been struggling a little bit, but he makes the 
kind of the take the game into overtime three-point shot, right? So all of a sudden he's relied on again. He emerges back. It's way better to learn lessons and win. Because BYU's learned some lessons and losses. I think they learned some lessons about defending down the stretch at Pacific. And remember, they had a chance to win that. They've had a couple of games this year, Pacific and St. Mary's, where they had a chance to win at the end and didn't. And they learned some valuable lessons there, but they lost. Yeah, that's great. You learn lessons, but you lose. It's way better to learn some lessons about how you manage games and what you have to do to win in the end and win. And it gives you confidence. And I think maybe the confidence is TJ was phenomenal in this game. Elijah made some important shots. They learned that lesson. Yeah. Let get Elijah the ball at, get, the, end at the end of the game. The guy that should take the shot, if possible, if somebody can't get to the rim, kick it to him. He'll make it. Yes. He's the guy, right? And so, so he needs to have the opportunity to be the primary guy you design that play for or the, the play you design off of. So if they take him away and they don't help and TJ can get all the way to the rim or get to the free throw line, that's great. Let TJ have the ball in his hands or just here, and then the plan is get as far as you can and then kick the ball, and that guy will make the shot. Or let the refs call a terrible foul and you oh just go God. to the free throw line in overtime. Like that was un- such a bad call. Hey, TJ's going to get into the lane, though, like you that, said. That game, at halftime, I said to Dave, I go, man, this game's going to be over by 20 to 4. Because, <laughs> so because, your because they only called 11 fouls in the first half. Four. Only four. Like, BYU had seven, right? BYU didn't take a free throw BYU, until BYU had seven. 10 minutes into the second half. Right. But, but only four on the other side, right? So, so now I'm thinking, man, this game, these guys aren't going to call anything, but, so this is good. So if that's how it's going to be, <laughs> if that's how it's going to be, BYU needs to adjust. And they need to go, okay, they're not going to call fouls. So quit going into the key and flopping and expecting to get a call. Go hard to the rim, finish like Yoli did on that one. The one where Yoli yes. just went up and just attacked and got hit in the chest and still made the bucket. Now he did get the foul on that one. But that's the way you have to play if that's the way it's going to get called. Then in the second half, they called seven bazillion fouls. Yeah. So it's like, well, I just want some consistency from half to half. Right, yeah. and so yeah, so BYU was the beneficiary of some calls in the second half and overtime. There's no doubt about it. The three point play with with, with bad, Josh here, bad call. No, but you'll take, it. you'll take it. It's it's like okay, whatever. Well, on the reach in that put TJ Haas on the line to put BYU up with ten seconds left in overtime too was just right. ticky tack, right? Four point yeah. three. Four point three. Yeah, <laughs> even less time. Let it be noted that with twenty two point nine. Um, I said to Dave on the air, I said, 22.9, you can extend a game a long time in a college game. If you, you can, extended this if, game twice. If you can make threes or three-point plays the old-fashioned way and, and foul. I mean, you can extend the game. Well, well, then they decided to really, really help BYU out by throwing the ball away. And then how about the play when, when you've got the lead in 11 seconds and you get a run out? And that's a freshman. Remember, that's a freshman that had the ball in his hands. Sule boom. Right. So, and he's going to be a phenomenal player, by the way. Man, I like that kid's game. Yeah, but but what he should, when he was 10 yards behind everybody, he should have gone, wait a minute, I can basically dribble this thing out or get fouled with one second to go in the game, and then BYU has no chance. So you take it all the way under the hoop, and then you dribble it back out around. And chances are you can dribble the thing out, and you just win the game. You go make – it took him two seconds to execute that entire play. That was as good as BYU fouling them and getting the ball back and him making both free throws. So it translated him making both, but it kept BYU in the game. And he could have ended the game. 11 seconds to work with. A a, a veteran guy would get that and go, wait a minute. I can 
I don't even have to do anything. We can win this game right now. We just won this game by me catching this pass. And so that extended the game. So BYU got, they got a little bit lucky down the stretch, and they won. But remember, they didn't get lucky against Pacific, and they didn't get lucky against St. Mary's. So maybe they were owed a lucky finish and a couple of good calls, right? Over the course of a season, you got, those have to balance out. Sure. All right, Blaine, we'll finish with this. Because you're our guy, our college basketball analyst, if BYU wins the next six games, the four remaining regular season games – Huge task, including Gonzaga, and then get two wins in Vegas and get to Tuesday night in the WCC Championship. Is there any at-large bid shot? They would have 26 wins and seven losses going into Tuesday night. Probably not. <laughs> and Well, first of all, they'd have to beat Gonzaga twice. But you're saying they do that, right? Because think about it. If they beat the Zags here... Then that's then the Zags aren't going to catch St. Mary's and they're going to play them again in the semis. Correct, right? So they got to beat Gonzaga twice. That's a big enough task. But if they do that, I feel like they should. But here's the problem: their RPI right now is so low, and the rest of the league's RPI is low. The Gonzaga's RPI is not what it has been in past years. So you got two teams forty six right now. So you got two teams in the top fifteen, but from a power index perspective, and they they do weight that and all these other metrics. The the Zags aren't considered as highly rated as they have been in past years. And the rest of the league is a little bit down. Now, and this is a year when if BYU doesn't lose the other games, because it's the rest of the league that hurts BYU this year. Um, the games like Pacific are the ones that hurt you because there's other leagues. We talked about this last week. The Mountain West is top, top heavy. So they're only going to probably have one team, two at the most if somebody else wins the tournament. The Atlantic 10, um, where I spend some time, they're really down. We thought they'd be a two-bid league. I think they're Rhode Island and that's it this year, unless St. Bonaventure wins the tournament. So, so all of a sudden, there's other leagues that could give the WCC an extra bid, but BYU needed to not lose games against the lower tier. And, and they did. And LMU. So, right. So that hurts. LMU Pacific That one's hurts. the worst. Yeah. Here, here's the sad thing is Pacific isn't highly regarded, but I look at that team. They're a good basketball team. Like, their guards are good. They could, they could get a first-round first or a quarterfinal um, okay. upset. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. they're capable Go. of it with their guard play. So we'll see. All right, Blaine. Great stuff. Blaine. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Blaine. Hey, coming up, the BYU signee with some serious lettuce. 2020 defensive back Talon Offrey joins us. <laughs> But next, a Valentine's Day special between the lines with Lauren McLean and McKay and Maddie Cannon. Yeah, dance, Blaine. Blaine dance Blaine. with Lauren. Yes, so awkward. This is right very. Now. This is very BYU TV. <laughs> we got a doubleheader Thursday night. Starts at eight Eastern time. BYU versus Pepperdine on the women's side. Then live from Malibu, your boy Spencer Linton and Blaine Fowler and company. BYU TV doubleheader. Women versus Pepperdine at 8, Thursday night, 10 Eastern. Men versus Pepperdine right here on BYU TV. Blaine just showed you the Malibu shake. <laughs> Is that what that was? Sure. Reggie That's Miller? What we're calling it. That's what Reggie Miller does? The Malibu shake. That's, yeah. <laughs> no Harlem shake. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Welcome back, my friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. We are nationally simulcast on BYU TV. On demand, as always, anytime anywhere let's check out today's byu sports nation headlines it's your byu sports nation headlines byu basketball as jerem just mentioned at pepperdine on thursday from firestone Fieldhouse, where the cougars have lost four straight yeah that's going down byu basketball with dave rose airs live tonight coach rose joined by his assistant heath schroyer tune in tonight 
at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain with Greg Rebell as your host. Men's volleyball remains ranked 7th in the ABCA Coaches Poll. Brendan Sander is the off-the-block National Outsider Tacker of the Week and MPSF Offensive Plega of the Week. BYU Gymnastics up to number 19 in the latest NCAA Top 25 poll. Shannon Evans, the MRGC Bar Specialist of the Week for the second time this season. You and can watch that meet, that tri-meet live with Jerem Jordan on Friday at 9 Eastern. And men's track and field dropped six spots from 12 to 18 in the latest USTFCCCCA poll. How many C's was that? A three, roughly. Okay. Yeah. It's a week filled with chocolates, albeit overpriced chocolate, and roses. Ridiculously insane expensive roses and flowers. Yet for free. What's we, the price of love, Spencer? It's free, Jerem. It's free. No, it costs. <laughs> and we are gifting to you something that is free as well. Between the Lines. Let's go. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Free for most. But since tomorrow is Valentine's Day, we decided to put another couple to the test. McKay Cannon from the men's basketball team and his wife Maddie from the track team accepted the challenge to see how much game they really have. How long have you been married? About a year and a half. Super long time. (laughs) We're veterans. Yeah, yeah. Basically for us. So how'd you guys meet? It was kind of just a student-athlete kickball game at the start of the year up at Weber State. Um, <laughs> he added me on Instagram, and we like kind of started talking through there, and went on a date to the Ice Castles, and the rest is history. The old Ice Castles. Yeah, classic. Okay. I love it. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to put you guys to the test and see how well you really know each other. All right, McKay, you ready for this? Let's go. Where did you go on your first date? All right, let's see it. It's all right, yep. Maddie, (laughs) we're starting off easy here. What is Maddie's favorite track accessory? I don't even know if I know that. (laughs) All right, let's see it. I don't know. Garmin watch. He got me that for Christmas, so he's kind (laughs) of... He must not like it. I just put spikes. We don't know each other. (laughs) I'm a little disappointed. Game over. (laughs) You might as well leave. What was Maddie's first impression of you? Dud or stud? Stud. Stud. Oh, what was your first impression, really? Since it's such a long drive from Ogden to the Ice Castles, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is either going to be an awesome date or it's going to be rough. So he just, he was singing Justin Bieber, and I was like, wow, if a guy's got guts to sing Justin Bieber on the first date, he's got to be pretty cool. So that's where he won the stud card for me. It's either going to be a hit or miss, so. <laughs> what is Manny's go-to phrase? I feel like... <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Whenever she has something to suggest, I feel, she always says, I feel like we should do this. I feel like it's a setup for something. That's Something's true. always coming when she says that. What is Maddie's dream vacation spot? Uh, it's not looking are. good. Yeah, you're, you're not too, uh, we're, we're too confident in this one. Boston? Oh, I was thinking about Key that West, one too. <laughs> so I'll just tell you, the last couple got five out of ten. So you need at least three on these next five questions, okay, to tie it up. If McKay was talking on the phone with a teammate, which teammate would it be? I said Braden Shaw. Ah, what'd you put? I did Yoli. No, that's what I was my first thought. If McKay could do an extracurricular activity in college besides basketball, what would it be? So I put football. Okay. Nice. Yes, we got it. Good job. Number three, what was McKay's first car he ever owned? Okay, let's see it. 
That was my so second that. one. Oh, uh, shoot. <laughs> what is McKay's highest scoring game this season? So if I get this right. <laughs> I was at the game, so All I All right, hope. reveal. Let's see it. Okay, so I said Utah State, 17 points. You got it. Nice job. Yeah. That's a good wife right there. <laughs> Guys, you are four points right now, and you have one question left. It's for the tie. So this is for the tie. What chick flick would you most likely catch McKay watching? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> None. None. He's not a movie guy. <laughs> I just did one that I think he's watched. Well, we've watched together, but... You're like, we've watched it together. I just know this is going to weigh on me if I get this wrong. All right, Maddie, reveal. Throat hitch. Hitch! You got it! Nice job! That was a good move. That was clutch. Guys, five out of ten. How well do you know Maddie after that game? I feel like I have a lot to improve on, but there's some things that went well for us. You kind of think you know a person and then <laughs> questions, questions come up and you're like, oh boy. Yeah, you got a whole lifetime. You got a whole lifetime. I think they did a wonderful job. You can catch McKay in action against Pepperdine on Thursday. Next week, we're doing Lunch with Lauren with softball catcher and captain Libby Sugg. Follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL and use the hashtag BYUBTL. Fun fact about Hitch, I yeah. asked my wife to marry me after we went to see that movie. What? Yeah. In February. And that was on the third That's... day. Oh. <laughs> I've heard that story. I'm just kidding. And you probably can't nope. tell it on the air. Right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, oh I'm just Remind me. Maybe never hitch. tell Lauren anything again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to lunch with Lauren, and then we can talk about hey, it. shout out to that Does promo cop. Shout out and to I the promo cop anyone. that interrupted that terrible, wonderful night. Why do you interrupt well, it? that's what I'm saying. That's all I was Why do you interrupt to? it, Spencer? Because we were parked inside of a Provo oh, City park. Park. After curfew. He was proposing, people. He was proposing. <laughs> Nothing else was happening. Anyway, that they did a really oh good job. Oh, my goodness. They did a really good job. That's a hard game. Who, the cop? Yeah. The cop did a really good job breaking that up. I'm and never, also, McKay and Maddie Canada. I'm never going to recover from this one. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a fun, it was a fun run, bro. It was a good, it was a good run. <laughs> it was a fun run. <laughs> it was man. great. It was a good run. 182 shows. This is awesome. Thanks, Lauren. Keep my seat warm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our question of the day. <laughs> if BYU basketball wins the next six games, will it get Spencer off the hot seat? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Coming up, something else. The Cougars now an Aggie. We're okay with it. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. And when Talon Alfrey, new BYU football signing, gets to campus, who is he trusting to cut his hair? This is a very important question. The new BYU defensive back. Coming up. BYU Sports Nation. Got some good letters. Provo City Police. Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Basketball with Dave Rose is live at 8 Eastern Time tonight with host Gregor Bell and guest Heath Troyer. Reserve your seat at BYUCougars.com slash Show. Tweet hashtag Show to ask questions of Dave Rose and Heath Troyer. It's Valentine's week, and we have a show called BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. How about that? Indeed. How Are we doing anything that? to do with Valentine's Day? No. Probably not. 
Should Spencer? we have? Maybe. <laughs> you still got time, man. <laughs> now nah, we'll just mail it in. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live at Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. We call it BYU Sports Nation. You can watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern, except for Tuesdays. Tonight, it will air at 7 Eastern, leading into BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. What if the Cougar men's basketball team wins their next six games? At Spencer underscore BYU, Jerem's parody account. <laughs> I have a parody account? I don't know. What? Then there will be a high seed in the NIT. Even winning the last six will be too late. Oh, oh too at, late. I get it. At Spencer underscore BYU. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Because that's my backup. Two account. days in a row, this person has said things that you would say. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Isn't it? Hmm. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is new BYU football signee out of the great state of Washington, Talon Alfrey. Talon, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How much of a sacrifice are you making with your hair by choosing to play football at BYU? (laughs) Um, To be honest, it's not that big of a sacrifice because for for, uh, to play football, it's more of a sacrifice to go on my mission. So I got to cut it for my mission anyway. So not too worried about it. You're going to be in Provo in 2020, but you might be in Provo, you know, sooner than that at the, at the Missionary Training Center or whatever. So what what's the timeline of uh, when you're going to turn in your papers and uh, get your mission call? So I just started filling out my paperwork, and I'll uh, submit it beginning of March so I can put my availability date July 1st. What's it like emotionally as you're exci- you, you sign with BYU, you're excited, um, and I believe you signed in December if I'm uh, not mistaken. But then I did, yeah. But then it's not until 2020 until uh, he gets here. Get here. So what's that like emotionally for you? Um, it's pretty tricky. It's like I'm super excited, but then I realize, okay, wait, I gotta go through my mission first and come back. But that's still also exciting. So it's pretty tricky to balance the excitement for each, I guess. Why did you feel like Kalani Satake and BYU football were the place that you needed to be when you do start your college football career in the 2020 season? Uh, the biggest thing for me was the opportunities that BYU has, not just for football, but for just the community and uh, support that the, uh, that it has down there. So that was one of the biggest reasons why I decided to sign there. Did you grow up a BYU fan? I did, yes. I'm not not always the biggest fan. Uh, I didn't really follow them a lot when I was younger, but when, ever since I got to the middle school, I started following them more closely. So, so Auburn yeah. is uh, south of Seattle. If I'm correct, right? Yes. Uh, so yeah. are you a Mariners, Seahawks guy? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, you and me are going to be buddies. Yeah. <laughs> I, we're we're, we're, we're going to be buddies. Uh, I don't think we're winning the L West this year, but uh, we'll see what we do. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're a defense back. Are, are you a cornerback or a safety? I'm a safety. What was, the, what was the sell from at the time, probably Ed Lamb, on maybe the role that you could play in the future with BYU? Um, well, when I was talking to Coach Lamb, he, uh, he's also the special teams coordinator. So it was nice knowing that, like, the safeties kind of get on the field. Or, like, the first pick for the special teams is because they're able to fulfill those roles, like, perfectly. So it was nice knowing that I'll have a chance on the special teams first and get to prove myself and then work my way into a starting spot. Are you aware of Daniel Sorensen of the Chiefs? Yes. This yes. th- this was a guy who was a special teams phenom turned safety. Now he's he's in the NFL. So the the path is there. Do you, do you feel like that's something that could be in the works for you in terms of okay, special teams could lead to other things, like you said. 
yeah, definitely. That's my that's my mindset. Is this is just the gateway to more opportunities. Talon, you played wide receiver and safety at a high level in high school. What's better in your mind, catching a touchdown pass or intercepting a pass from a quarterback? Um, I think intercepting a pass. I mean, catching a pass is great and it's super fun, but just to know that you like took that away from someone is even better. Yeah, there's there's something about the the, the denial there on the, on the field of competition that's that's awesome for some reason. I, I don't know what it is. What um uh, what was the process of your recruitment? Like, did you come to BYU camps? Um, you know, who who went out and saw you? How early did BYU see you? Yeah, so I didn't have any contact with BYU until I came down to the camp last summer in June, and that's when I earned my scholarship. And then a few weeks later is when I was really committed. So. I had a few offers from, from other schools, but BYU was by far the number one choice for me. When did BYU first see you or uh, contact you? Um, at the camp. Was this last year? Yeah, it was, yeah, 2017. So when you came to BYU's camp, was your intention, okay, I'm, I've got to get these guys to offer me? Yeah, I'd be lying if I, if I, if I didn't say, yeah, I was... I came with the mindset to get earn the offer, and I would have been. I told my sister who I was staying with because instead of staying with the dorms, I stayed with my sister because she's down there. So I was talking to her, and I was like, "I need to earn scholarships. It's what I want. Be a waste of my time and money if I came down here and didn't earn it." So I just made sure to do what I could to earn it. Talon Alfrey, new BYU football signee, with us on BYU Sports Nation, slated to play in the secondary as a safety. How would you describe yourself as a football player, Talon? Um, well, first off, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty coachable. I can take any critique, criticism, and I can get better from that and then just apply. I can apply what I've been taught and just go out and perform. Who plays like you do? Oh, geez, that's a tough one. Um, Ooh, I don't know. I, I I don't know how to answer that one. Just name someone amazing. <laughs> Cam Chancellor. There you go. That's my yes, yes. And we hope he doesn't leave. Right? We hope he stays in Seattle. Sounds like he might leave. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Good grief, you two and your Seattle sports uh, talent. When are you cutting your hair, and who's gonna do it? <laughs> um, so I'm actually in the process of doing it right now. I've been doing stages, so. Currently, right now, I have a mullet, so <laughs> I'm in that stage right now. And then in, a, in about a week and a half, I'll cut it to a missionary standard so I can take a picture and submit my papers. Wow. Okay, uh, I really want to see the mullet. So can you tweet? Are you on Twitter? <laughs> can you tweet a picture of the mullet at BYU Sports Nation? <laughs> yeah, I can, I can work on that. <laughs> yes. I love it. Talent, it's been great to talk to you, man. Welcome to BYU Football, and uh, we look forward to – Getting you here at some point. Good luck with the haircut, man. Thanks, Talon. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Talon Alfred on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I like to do it with personality. He's got a mullet right now. Let's be honest. Really, you like him because he's a Seattle Seahawks and fan. And he's a Seattle And a Mariners guy. fan. Yeah, he's, in the, he's a great Northwest guy. Yeah, as soon as that happened, you're like, oh, yeah, I like that. This is, this is my guy. This is my interview. This is my guy, man. 20, 2020. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. 
Oh, my goodness. Hey, coming up, a new week, new rankings for multiple BYU teams. We'll update those in the whip. Plus, your responses to the question of the day. It's time we hear more from people, Jerem. From people kind. From people kind. Mankind, womankind. Shout out to Prime Minister Trudeau in Canada. (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation. What? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and Talon Alfrey. If you missed the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, women's basketball head coach. He played in the NBA. His name is Jeffrey Judkins. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. The dudes take on Pepperdine Thursday. BYU basketball Dave Rose here tonight with guest Heath Troyer, host Greg Rubel. 8 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And the streak! Volleyball. The men's team remain number seven in the latest ABCA coaches poll and off-the-block media poll, I believe. Brendan Sander is the off-the-block national outside attacker of the week and MPSF offensive player of the week. Gymnastics. The ladies are now ranked 19th, up two spots from 21st. Shannon Evans is the MRGC Bar Specialist of the Week for the second time this season. BYU will compete in Tri-Meet against Denver and Southern Utah Friday night on BYU TV. Track and field. BYU men's track and field drops six spots from 12th to number 18 in the latest USTFCCCA Top 25 poll. Football. Former BYU linebacker Wani Unga. Speaking of uh, long hair is the new Utah State outside linebackers coach. Unga played for the Cougars in 2012 and 2013 and with the New York Football Giants. Today's Congrats. Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Hoffman. You need it most. DexterLaw.com. Goes to Talon Alfrey for having a mullet. Well, we need visual proof of that, right? So you don't trust him? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I do. Okay. I do. Okay. I trust him. I trust that dude. <laughs> I trust a dude from Auburn, Washington. Great Northwest. Again, you trust him because of that. Yeah. Because of the He's good folk. We know this. Our question of the day. What if BYU basketball wins their next six games? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. At Laser Sheep, what's up? If they win the next six, BYU's bubblicious. I still don't think they would get in. I think the West Coast Conference tournament matters way more than winning the next four BYU can go one and three and still be in the same position. Yeah, meaning the, they can right. lose three of the next right. four and then go win three in Vegas. Listen, if BYU won the next six, we're getting excited. This is an exciting time. That would be awesome. At uh, Dilly Dilly, <laughs> based on Blaine Fowler's <laughs> dancing, okay? Blaine Fowler has a whole bunch of Roger Dorn from Major League going on with those dance moves. <laughs> you called it the Malibu Shake? The Malibu Shake, man. We need to consult with Malibu about this. Oh, that's so good. It's like when people did the Harlem Shake in Harlem, they're like, why is this the Harlem Shake? We never sanctioned this. We are Harlem. At TM Sherbel tweets in, I seriously don't care if BYU wins the next four games. I want the next three after that. I want BYU to either make the NCAA or get to the Madison Square Garden in the NIT. If they only win this next six and not the seventh, BYU's NIT bound. Yeah, BYU's got to go on a, a win streak here. I'll take a Monday night semifinal win. I really w- like. I I just think that'd be the peak of the season. Beating what? Gonzaga or St. Mary's in Vegas would be incredible. What if BYU got to twenty six wins? It's not that simple, dude. Would that? 
you gotta, sometimes you gotta, it you gotta, is. You got to argue what 26 would mean. Just Some, 26, it doesn't mean anything. Some, Illinois State's like, we were in the NIT with 27 last year. St. Mary's, same deal. They had 27 wins right now, two years ago. TeamRankings.com. If BYU wins 26 games, 65.8% chance of an NCAA tournament bid. Way too simple of a metric. There's a lot that goes into the team sheet and how you played recently and injuries and the field. And there's do all big kinds wins of late things. in the season matter more? Of course they do. Then BYU would have but two would huge you have wins late in the season. Overall, don't isolate just the last six or eight. It's BYU the whole had season. One good win in 2014. They played a stronger non-conference schedule. Like, BYU's 70-something in the RPI right now. What if they're 46? What if? That is not a good place to argue from. What if? No, that's they have the question, to do... though. Our question is based around that a what if. That doesn't mean it's a good question. It's just a question. That's the question from the show. That's, the, that's what makes it fun. What if? What if? What if BYU wins the national championship for football? That's not Stop happening. Stop it. And I, they, they can't even get to New Year's Stop Six it. right I now. Didn't they say that they BYU didn't even get would. to a bowl game. I didn't say that BYU basketball would. But the whole premise of the conversation is, what if? If they're 46, they have 26 wins, they'd be in the conversation. They would. Yes, but they wouldn't be in. Not guaranteed. Talking about something is so boring. Like, when I leave church... I want to do stuff. I don't know. Just want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm all about that action, boss. Oh, Let's stop talking. Let's <laughs> do stuff. Do stuff. Okay, go win games. At CL underscore living with our elite tweet of the day. Mark Durant's Magic Kitten t-shirt should be <laughs> waved from the Raptors like a title of liberty for the West Coast <laughs> Conference Championship game. If BYU wins that, we will do that in Vegas. Okay? We will wave it. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Dallin Levitt. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Do stuff!